how are you now? Oh, ho, ho, ho. How are you now? Folks, your Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 3-2 to two to the Ottawa Senators. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am pissed off. I am pissed off in a big way. If you watch that game, you can probably take a wild guess what I'm pissed off about specifically. Uh, it'll, it'll get pretty obvious. This one's going to turn into a bit of a rant. We're going to go a little bit long on this one. Um, and I'm going to do this one in one take because we got a back-to-back. we got another game tomorrow night. So I, I apologize to anybody if I fly off the handle and I swear a little bit more than I normally would or whatever. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum. Uh, I got a glass of wine. And we're, we're going we're gonna to do this live. All right? We're going to do it in one take. No editing. Um, that was some absolute, complete tomfuckery from the officials in that game. What a joke. I I have not seen a game that poorly officiated. Well, I should I shouldn't say that. I've seen poorly officiated games in my day. That one ranks right up there. So let's do a quick recap. Let's let's just go over what happened in the game and I'll give my opinion on the zebras thereafter. The god of mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Or partially during as well. But anyways, Habs, with a fantastic start to this game, they dominated the puck for the first 13, 14 minutes of the game. Completely dominated it. Um, Tomas Chabot uh, punched Cole Caulfield in the back of the head. That's cool. They take a penalty. Habs, power play, typically terrible. Um, wasn't so bad on this night, but certainly wasn't good enough to to pose any real threat for the Senators. Uh, but it took 13 minutes into that period just for the Senators to get a shot on goal. And when they did, it was from just inside the blue line on a rush. They were just basically trying to get an offensive zone draw. Um, the Habs were dominating. The story of that first period was Cam Talbot and Nett. Um, he was fantastic. Uh, there was a couple of really good chances for the Habs. Uh, he made a nice stop with his shoulder on Cole Caulfield. And he made a couple of nice stops in tight as well. Uh, various stops. Shots were 10 to 5 for the Habs at the end of 20. It could have been way worse if the Habs didn't miss the net a few times and hit the post. Game could have been out of reach. If if things rolled right for them in that period, game could have been out of reach. But it wasn't. And then we get the polar opposite start to the second period. It's still 0-0. Nothing happens in the first. Polar opposite to start the second 20 it's all Ottawa the Habs just stopped playing they were like ah we're the better team so we're just gonna sit back and watch ourselves be the fucking better team for the next 20 minutes as well and that's not what happens in the National Hockey League you have to keep playing you have to keep your foot on the gas the Habs don't and Ottawa kind of takes over Um, and they capitalized less than two minutes into that period of them dominating similarly to the way that the Habs dominated the first Shane Pinto uh, comes flying in on his off wing and fires a really nice shot far side beats Samuel Montembeau to make it one nothing and that's where the Tom fuckery starts from the officials we get a completely ridiculous call on Kirby Doc 
little later on in the period. It's a slashing call, but he hit the stick. It was stick on stick. He didn't break the stick. Uh, whoever it was, I forget who it was, didn't drop his stick either. There's no reason for you to make a call there other than the fact that, yeah, he takes a whack, but it's on the stick. That's not a slashing call. And of course, the Senators capitalize almost immediately. Brady Kachuk down low just throws it into the middle. Drake Batherson is kind of tapping away at it. And sure enough, he puts it in. 2 nothing for the Ottawa Senators. Later on, they call Uri Slavkovsky for closing his hand on the puck. That's a pretty fair call. But the problem for me there is that seconds before that, Austin Watson gets away with clear as day interference in the middle of the ice. And they don't call that, but they call Uri Slavkovsky. Again, no problem with the Slavkovsky call. I have a problem with the fact that they're ignoring obvious calls on the other team right before it. And of course, the Sens capitalize immediately. Alex Debrinkat gets a loose puck in the high slot, fires a shot. Really nice shot. He's a very good shooter. Um, I think maybe Brady Kachuk got a piece of that on the way through. Uh, but regardless, it goes in, and it is 3 nothing for the Ottawa Senators. And towards the end of the period, I just need to set the stage for my ref complaint that's coming after the recap. Kirby Doc gets two minutes for the most bullshit interference call I've seen in a long time. It is a puck battle. It is him and Brady Kachuk going for the same puck, and they, they're bumping shoulders, and Doc leans into him a little bit, knocks him over, and they call him for interference. That's a puck battle, my friends. That is a fucking puck battle. And you call two minutes for interference on it. And then to add insult to injury or insult to insult, however you want to look at it, they give Kirby Doc an extra deuce for apparently slamming the penalty box door. Now, I was told on Twitter after the fact that it wasn't really him slamming the penalty box door. It was actually because as he was skating to the penalty box, he said to the ref, and I quote, that was a bitch call. Now pocket that because I'm going to talk about it uh, at the end of the recap for sure. The end result is four minutes for the Habs on the power play in a period where, or sorry, four minutes for the Habs on the penalty kill in a period where they've called virtually everything against Montreal and they've let Ottawa get away with pretty much anything they want to do. So yeah, we're, we're doing fantastic. We go into the third, still with that 3 nothing score, though. The Habs managed to kill off all four minutes that were called against Kirby Dock. Um, really good job because Ottawa has a fantastic power play. They're top 10 in the league. Um, not a team that you want to trifle with, with the man advantage. And in the third period, the Habs, all of a sudden, remember how to play hockey. Not a lot going on in the early goings of the third. Takes a little while for things to settle in, for them to really start playing. But once they start playing, ooh, boy, did they start playing. So about 12 minutes left in the third period. Jake Evans comes streaking in. Uri Slavkowski dumps the puck in. Evans is streaking in after it. Wins a puck battle. I think it was against Kachuk or Shabbat. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Jake Evans does a really good job winning that puck battle and throws a beautiful no-look backhander out front right to Kirby Dock. And he puts it in. Three to one. Life. Yuris Slavkovsky. Secondary assist. He's playing well lately. Life. Full gas for the Habs at this point. Full gas. The pedal to the floor. They are really looking to get back into this game in the final 20. Um, Austin Watson goes to the box for a tripping call against Chris Weidman. Habs fail again on the power play. Missed opportunity. But then... 
and delayed penalty against the Senators. Fuck the power play. We don't need a power play. We're going to do it at six on five before you even blow the whistle and call that penalty. Nick Suzuki gets the puck in the corner. A brilliant backhand sauce up into the faceoff circle to Christian Dvorak. He snipes far side, top corner, three to two, more life. And then the officials, as they had been doing throughout the course of this game, had to lean right back into the frame. Can't let it be about the teams, can you? And they call hooking on Jordan Harris for what was absolutely a clean stick lift, well below the hands, nothing wrong with it. Uh, he, I forget who it was coming in towards the Habs net and Jordan Harris. I was too angry to even look and see who it was, honestly. And Jordan Harris does a perfect stick lift to keep him from putting his stick on the puck, and they call it hooking. And this, with about 3 minutes and 15 seconds left to play in the game, um, effectively takes away two minutes of opportunity for the Habs to get the equalizer. The Habs did pull Samuel Montembeau after that penalty. They managed to kill it off. So it was still 3-2. They pull Montembeau. They go for it. They get a couple of chances, but they can't put him in. And uh, they almost scored in their own net as well, which was kind of hilarious, but they didn't. Uh, nobody scored. And that's the final score. 3-2. to two. Fucking zebras. I cannot stress how upset I was sitting here watching the refs call Kirby Doc for saying that was a bitch call. At first, I thought it was just because he slammed the door, right? And that would have been bad enough. Like slamming a door gets you an extra two minutes in the National Hockey League. You got to be kidding me. You guys got to have thicker skin than that. You cannot possibly be calling somebody two minutes because they slammed the penalty box door. What are you concerned about? That that there's not enough money going around in the NHL to fix that box door if it happens to get broken? That we don't have a maintenance crew that can come out and fix it? Did it hurt your feelings that he slammed the, the, the door? But no, apparently, I'm told, that the real reason they called it at the point where he teed him up was because he said that was a bitch call. You have to have thicker skin than that to officiate in the National Hockey League. I know for a fact, we've all watched the mic'd up videos. We know the things that are said out on the ice. They go way beyond that was a bitch call. I don't think it's a nice thing to say. It's certainly not. But if you are going to give somebody an extra two minutes for that in the National Hockey League, you need to get your ass back to Bantam AAA. Get your ass back to Bantam AAA. Stay there. That's the only place where you can make a call like that. Even in Bantam AAA, you're going to have coaches riding you if you make calls like that. There's absolutely no way that you can make it in the NHL. Come on. That's a joke. Now, maybe it comes out that he said something considerably harsher, and then I would change my, my tune about that. But no. If that's what he said, and you came an extra deuce for that, Give your head a shake. You're, you're in the wrong profession, my friend. A lot of people ask me, how do you know what you're talking about? I have never officiated in the NHL. I will willfully admit that. I think it's pretty clear. Uh, probably wouldn't be sitting here if I did because they make pretty good money. I might have been able to stack myself up. Well, I'm also only 32 years old, so uh, how long of a, an officiating career could I have possibly had? Um, but I did have 
about 10 years worth of minor and junior hockey officiating. I know what you will and won't tolerate. Some people said online, you know, it was cumulative that Doc complained about the first bullshit penalty they called, the slash on the stick, right? And it can't be cumulative. You can't say, all right, well, you don't get to say the word bitch now because you complained about a previous penalty. So now the word bitch to you is two minutes. But to anybody else, it wouldn't be two minutes. Trust me when I say, when I made that comment about Bantam AAA, right? You need to go back to Bantam AAA. And then I said what? I said, well, coaches even in Bantam AAA would ride you about penalties like that. They absolutely would. I've called unsportsmanlike conduct penalties for verbal abuse of officials before in Bantam AAA. And they've said way worse things to me. And then I've told the coaches what they said. And they were still like, you better have thicker skin than that. I grew over time to to just get immune to the things that players would say to me in these games. And I was refing minor and junior hockey. If you're refing at the highest possible level, anything they say should just roll off your back. Anything beyond, anything below, sorry, like racial or homophobic slurs should roll off your back. Absurd to me that that was a bitch call is worth two minutes to you. Like, come on. Insane. And then you look at some of the other calls, right? Um, I had some people pointing out to me, like when I, I said, I forget what I said on Twitter. I said, I think this officiating is a joke in this game or something like that. And it was after the Slavkovsky uh closing his hand on the puck penalty, which, by the way, as I mentioned in the recap, that's a valid penalty. I wasn't complaining about that penalty. I was complaining about the fact that they are calling everything against the Habs and letting the Senators go. Austin Watson was committing interference left, right, and center. At no point did they go, oh, well, the cumulative effect of you uh, taking all these interference penalties is now we're going to give you a five minutes for interference. No, but they did it to Kirby Doc with him chirping the officials a little bit. Like, this was this was ridiculous. This was completely ridiculous. At one point, this is not even uh, from a penalty standpoint, they called a hand pass, right? And what actually happened was, I think it was Jordan Harris, he flipped it off the glass, so it bangs off the glass, goes way up in the air, bounces off of Josh Anderson's, like, upper arm, like his, like his tricep, Lands on the ice, gets picked up by his teammate, and they go, that's a hand pass. He didn't. He, he wasn't even facing the puck. He had no idea where it was. It just hit him in the arm. And his upper arm, for the record, is not his hand. Wasn't aware I had to give a fucking anatomy class to NHL officials during my podcast. Not that they'd listen. But anyways, it was extremely poorly officiated. And I'm always reticent to say that they have a bias against the Montreal Canadiens. And I will remain so. I'm not going to say that these refs were biased against the Montreal Canadiens. I think the way that the game went in the first period influenced them. And they were trying to do that typical horse shit game management. And look what it did to you. Look what it did to you in the second period. You just called, you started calling everything against Montreal and nothing against Ottawa. And you gave them the game. Congratulations. Hope you feel good, Sens fans. Hope it feels great to know that you need ref help to beat the Montreal Canadiens, who are not going to be a playoff team under any circumstances, and you think that your rebuild is over. How's that going for you? Good luck in the playoffs. Good luck. Good luck when the magnifying glass is out 
and uh, you're not getting that ref help anymore, whew, man, you guys are going to have a hard time qualifying for the playoffs, let alone winning any games in there. So enjoy yourselves. Um, rant over. I'm, I'm done talking about the refs. If you made it this far, um, let's talk about the silver lining of the night. And my silver lining of the night is going to be your uh, Slavkovsky. I know that sounds weird. He wasn't one of the goal scorers, um, but he played a very good game. And again, we saw a lot of the similar things coming out of those sessions with Adam Nicholas, with him keeping his head up. At one point in the second period, I believe it was, I have a clip up actually on my Twitter account if anybody wants to go and dig it up. Um, He was coming down the wall, right, outside of the offensive blue line. I think actually he was just outside of the defensive blue line. He was coming up the wall and goes to dump the puck, but he's kind of looking towards the boards to, to find locate the puck so that he can dump it in. And at the same time, he's trying to keep his head up to, to see what's going on around him. Where can he go with that puck? And Austin Watson comes in trying to obliterate him. He's going headhunting. And Watson not only is going headhunting, but comes off his feet. And Uri Slavkovsky, because he's doing multiple checks, he manages to slightly shift himself out of the way and get himself out of that hit. You know, I feel like a month, month and a half ago, if that exact same play happened, he would have gotten buried and we would have probably seen him maybe not finish that game. I don't know. Hard to say. But Watson's a pretty big dude. Uh, came at him, came off his feet, and Slavkovsky got around it. Uh, I've been incredibly impressed with how he's played in the last couple of games. And I think it has a lot to do with those sessions with Adam Nicholas. Um, my last bottom six minutes article, I talked about it. Uh, you saw that goal that he set up against Calgary was really very eerily similar to what we saw him working on in those sessions with Adam Nicholas. And now we're seeing this. Now we're seeing him being able to avoid some of those hits at high speed in transition. You know, previously he wasn't doing that. Previously he was getting hit. So he's taking it to heart. And that's why he's your silver lining of the night because he is legitimately taking it taking it to heart that this is a development season. It's not just a development season for the team. It's a development season individually for each and every player on the team. He's taking that to heart. He's focusing in those one-on-one sessions. They're doing them at slow speed as well, which is interesting. I'd love to hear Adam Nicholas talk a little bit more about the logic behind that. I think he's just trying to work on making everything a habit for him at all speeds and then when the game speeds up around him he's doing the things that he's intuitively programmed to do and it's it's making a difference i i'm I'm sure that it's that i don't think he just woke up and all of a sudden realized well i'm better keep my head up along the boards i really think adam nicholas is making a positive impact on this kid and there could be no better sign for the montreal Canadiens than your first overall pick you know, putting it all together and becoming the player that you drafted him first overall to be. Um, they were very clear when they picked him. They weren't trying to get the best 18-year-old player, 19-year-old player, 20-year-old player. They wanted the best 22, 23, 24-year-old player. And I think he's on his way to that. Um, he has size. He has abilities. Uh, I mean, the, just the, he, he gets an assist on a dump-in, right? And yeah, you would say Jake Evans made that happen, and you'd be right. But it was a smart dump-in. He didn't have anywhere else to go with that puck. He's starting to recognize what the right play is more often than not. And I think a lot of that has to do with him playing heads up, having better awareness, being more aware of his surroundings. 
And that's coming from Adam Nicholas in those sessions. So hopefully they keep that going as much as humanly possible. I would have that kid working with him all day long, three times on Sunday. Oh boy, I would love it. Keep on going. Who else played well? Who else could we say some good things about? Uh, You know what? I'm going to say Kirby Doc also had a great game. Obviously he scored. Um, You know, take... Take the goal out of the equation, he still had a good game. He became a target of the refs. I think, again, it was because he complained about the first penalty. And the first penalty was bullshit. So he had every right to complain about it. And he had even more right to complain about the second penalty. You know, he played a solid game. He did. I'm really impressed with Kirby Doc this season. I think he's a success uh, success, success story for the Habs. I promise you guys I'm not drunk. I've had two glasses of wine. I'm on my second right now. Um, he's a success story for the Montreal Canadiens so far since they've acquired him. Um, I think that trade is going to pay off well. Um, I don't know. I still don't know. Is he going to move back to center at some point, or are they going to keep him on that top line with Caulfield and Suzuki? St. Louis did bring out the line blender a little bit late in that game. Like when they were down 3 nothing in the third period, he started mixing things up a little bit. You saw some weird combinations out there. I would like to see... Here's my final thought that I'm going to leave you guys with because we're already over 20 minutes. I told you this was going to be long. I would like to see if they do decide to move Kirby Dock off that line again because he did do pretty well as the second line center in a short sample. I would like to see... Try Slavkovsky on that top line. Ever since he's been doing those sessions with Nicholas, he's been getting better and better. Awareness, better. Passing, better. Forechecking, better. Why not give him a shot? If you feel like you need to try something different, why isn't that the thing that you try? You know, we've seen Josh Anderson on that top line plenty of times. Josh Anderson, I'll give him a shout out too. He actually played a pretty good game. Uh, against the Senators. I had no issues with his game. But I don't want to see him on the top line again. If we're bringing out the blender, if we're going to try a couple different combinations, I want to see Slavkovsky on that top line. I want to see if he can do it. I know they did it, what, in the preseason briefly, right? But he seems like a different player at this point than he was when he first joined the team. I'd say give him a shot, you know? I'm, I'm still opposed to breaking up that line on the surface. I would rather they not. But if they're going to do it, then put Slavkovsky up there. Let's just see. You know, let's have some fun with it. There, there, there's very few ways for you to show me a game that would be less fun than the one I just watched against Ottawa. So maybe even tomorrow night you could do it if you want to. Um, but I wouldn't begrudge St. Louis if he sticks with the same lineup. Let's face it, at 5-on-5, five five, they were not bad against the Sens. They lost that game mostly because of the power plays against, and we know why that is. I went over it. I already spent the better part of 23 minutes um, complaining about it, so you know my thoughts. Um, I think I'll cut it off there. Uh, the fucking refs in this league are, this is the worst officiated professional sports league on the planet. I don't care. Maybe I don't watch the other ones enough. I do watch a lot of NFL. They got pretty bad refs too. Not nearly as bad as the NHL. That's all I got to say. Terrible zebras. 
Euh, we are running, what? Uh, well, over 24 minutes. So, c'est vraiment une soirée inconnue pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening, especially if you got this far. It was a long one. And, of course, à la prochaine.